Welcome back to another episode, everybody. This week we have Omie on the uh, line with us. Omie, take a second, say hello. Hello, Tony. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Really excited to kick this off. Let's just kick it off in the traditional way on my show with a one word open. Give us one word right now to describe how you're feeling in this moment. Excited. Okay, appreciate the honesty. All right, with that said, let's go right into business. So take the next few minutes, tell us about your background, tell us about your business, you know, how, you know, what do you do, who do you help, and how do you help them? That would be great. Okay, well, I was raised learning from my parents that the most important thing in life is to have a steady paycheck. Uh, But I I ended up in the opposite corner as an entrepreneur. So I'm the CEO and founder from OMI. And OMI is by far the number one cloud ERP provider in Brazil to small companies. And by ERP, ERP, I mean cloud accounting software like Zero or QuickBooks does in, in, in US. And I founded my first ERP company in 2000, but targeting enterprise clients. On 2013, we realized the enterprise market was completely saturated, kind of zero-sum game. Uh, But we saw a new opportunity with the small clients. Because in Brazil, uh, maybe you know, we have 17 million small businesses, where more than 90% still do not have any cloud accounting software to help them to run their business. And it means a $6 billion addressable market. Then in, in early 2013, we created a cell inside my old company to build a new solution from scratch, but using modern technologies plus all the knowledge in business processes we had. And in October same year, we managed to sell the old company to an American group, but I did not want to take a position in the big corporation. So. I jumped out and we agreed to spin off that small cell as a new startup, as, uh, as part of my payment. So that's how in early 2014, I overnight became a seven people startup, me, five engineers, and one intern. And right now, OM is the largest player in cloud accounting software uh, arena for SMEs in Brazil with 100,000 clients and employing 1700 people and we also have a three billion dollar monthly tpv across our system that is outstanding what a remarkable story from you to you know for you to pivot quickly going from towards enterprise to small businesses and mid-sized businesses and you saw the opportunity you saw the need this is a fascinating story so with that said, speaking of pivoting, let's talk about uh, pandemic, how it's impacted everybody, unfortunately, mm-hmm. across the world. So tell the audience really quick, you know, how it impacted your business, first of all, and then how did you pivot to pull through and continue with your trajectory of success? Perfect, perfect. When, when, when the, the pandemic really hit the market, we expected to lose like 36% of our recurring revenues uh, overnight. So we organized our clients from smaller to largest, and we expected to lose like 60% from the smallest clients, then 50% on the second layer, and so on, total 36% overnight. Good news is we lost only 2.3. So the business proved to be far more resilient than we expected. And maybe that's because our typical client is a small business, but not uh, self-employment companies, not very small companies. Uh, what I mean is our, our regular client is a real business with, like, let's say, 5, 10, 20 employees. 
So you cannot simply cancel your cloud accounting software overnight. You have to issue at least one invoice. You must keep the software active. But the bad news is new sales to small companies went really, really down. Uh, and then we, we thought to ourselves, okay, what, what's the very proposition that really makes sense in this moment? And remember, we are talking about March 2020. And at that moment, the, the main value proposition was cost reduction. And the second question was, for whom does OMI means cost reduction? And then we remembered that along 2019, we onboarded larger clients, far larger than we expected. Companies making 50 million, 100 million per year, migrating from SAP and other big softwares to our platform. And by the way, on January 2020, we released a new, uh, a new price list to charge a little bit more from those big guys, because it was hurting uh, to see a company with 100 uh, uh, employees uh, hammering your super services and paying like $70 per month. Uh, and, and we remember that and say, okay, those, those, kind, those clients, they were attracted by a cost reduction and, and then they realize it, it's a new generation of software. What if we make those, those success stories uh, uh, happen more often? And then we, we added a new layer to our addressable market. Actually, we, we pivot to, uh, to attack larger clients and that was a huge success. Now we are 100 back to small business. And, but as I told you, we ended up with one more layer, one more layer in our addressable market. Uh, and we are growing even faster than before the pandemic, spending less money to grow. And, and, and that, that was the main point to rise Series C last year uh, from investors like SoftBank, Tencent, uh, Revealed, uh, among others. That's really amazing. And thanks for sharing how you pivoted and you pulled out and created that extra layer uh, within your business. So with that said, you know, there's some business owners listening. There's some private equity firms listening. Those are a typical audience, you know, thought leaders like yourself, entrepreneurs. Um, but for those listening that are business owners and they're listening to this right now, what's your number one advice that you could give them that if we face another, you know, pandemic, so to speak, or like kind of a shift in the marketplace, what's your number one advice you could give to those business owners listening right now? That way they can remember that you gave them this advice. You say, hey, do this, don't do this, so to speak. Please go ahead. I think the number one point is to digitalize your business. And most of the companies, they don't do that because they don't know it's possible. Uh, just to have an idea, Tony, uh, we have a tough life here. Uh, we sell for companies that are not uh, searching for a solution. And we work in partnership with accounting firms. So our typical sale is something like this. An accountant calls me and say, Marcelo, I have a client here. He's in deep, deep trouble. Uh, uh, his inventory is, is kind of crazy. All of his invoices are wrong and he, they, they are paying penalties. And by the way, he just made a wrong purchase that is completely stuck in his warehouse. Please call him, he needs your software. 
right now. And then I call the client and say, hey, here's Marcelo from OMI. And I, I'm calling you because your accountant told me you are searching for a software solution to help you to manage your business. And they say, no, I'm not. Oh, but uh, how, how are things doing in your daily operation? And they say, it's normal. And that's the point. That crazy stuff is normal. They don't know there's a better solution and it's totally affordable for them. And, and, and that's why most of the companies struggle to pass through any crisis and, and, and don't grow, won't grow in, in the market because they don't know there's a better solution to digitalize their business, to access uh, uh, marketplaces, online sales, and as well as physical sales with the same solution. And it's totally affordable for them. That's awesome. I love what you said. They don't know that a solution exists and you're recommended by an accounting firm or their accountant that says, hey, these are the issues. That's so great. And then when you talk about Actually, they don't know they, they have any issue in their business. They are not aware. Yeah, essentially, they don't know they don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's, totally. that's it, that's it. Right, right? There's, there's things that we know we don't know, right? Like, I know, I know that I don't know how to fly a plane. Uh -huh. But there's stuff that I don't know that I don't even know, right? So to your point, with the business owners that get recommended to you, that's a fascinating business model. I love that. Let's shift gears over to thought leadership. Can you share with us, uh, you know, your point of view on thought leadership? Like, what are the top three things somebody must have to be an outstanding thought leader from your point of view? Uh, I think when, when we are talking about fast-growing companies, the number one is adaptability and, and I, I think the key moments are those when you realize you are changing your growth stage and you need to reinvent yourself as, as a leader uh, and, and let me explain this when you start as a seven people company and you need to run an email market campaign you do when you need to hire an engineer you do when you need to pay a AWS bill you do it and, and, and that's the main point. You do everything. Then you start growing and, and you hire people to help you with those tasks. You grow more and you hire people to manage those tasks under your continuous supervision. And if you keep growing, sooner or later, you, uh, the, sooner than you expect, you, uh, your knowledge is not enough to make things work. And the CEO role is simply to make sure there's someone 10 times better than you in each position. So we must let it go and, and you, you must adapt your role uh, along the way. I think this is the, the, the main point. The second is you must find great co-founders and, and team members. Uh, it, it's almost impossible for anyone to grow a business without great, reliable partners. And, and, and probably the number three, is resilience. Um, in, in Brazil, mainly in Brazil, everything is complicated. Uh, so when, when we face one crisis uh, in, in the global market, uh, during that time, we face at least three crises here in Brazil. So we must be really, really resilient in, in order to, to keep your mind focused and, and deliver what's expected from your shareholders. 
Excellent. And I know you've worked really hard to develop uh, an awesome culture within your company. Can you give us a quick insight on what that looks like? So like 30 second insight, say, hey, this is what my culture looks like and this is why it's successful. Share, share that with us. Okay. I think the main point is to build your culture around a real purpose. And, and let me explain this in the real world. In Brazil, everybody loves to say that uh, we are working to reduce the small business mortality rate in the first two years. And this is around 25%. Uh, and this is, this is a problem, but I, I think this is not our main problem whatsoever. Because this is statistics is, is similar in developing countries. By the way, in US, this is close to 33%, according to uh, smallbusinessadvocacy.gov. Uh, so, uh, in, in, in my opinion, the main problem is the remaining 75%. They stop growing very early and they stay small forever. And when you create a, a cause like this, when you create a, a, a real purpose like this, you can engage people with, uh, with the same mindset and create a culture around this. So, this must be the first instance of every culture to have a real purpose and build everything around that and mainly uh, leading by example. Uh, what, what you do talks 10 times louder than what you say. So you, you must keep things real and lead by example. Very true. I couldn't agree with you more. It's, you know, those are some solid points that you made. So with that said, you know, this is, I want you to take this opportunity to give out your website address and your social handles. I know the audience had an opportunity to find out more about you, more about your company. So if they want to find out more information, please take the opportunity now to give it out. Okay. You, you can find, find our website at omi.com. It's www.omie.com. Uh, and you also can reach me in, in my personal email. I have such a, a ninja email, founder's privilege. It's m from marcelo at omi.com. Very good. Here we are at the end. Sign us off with a one word close and tell us what that is. I know we started with tired, but you're certainly not tired now. You're hitting your stride and you got a lot of energy. So what well, are you I, I did, Actually, I didn't say tired. I, I said excited. Oh, excited. I'm so glad excited. I clarified. <laughs> I'm so glad I brought it up because I'm like, sorry for my English study. I was like, no, you're good. It was, no, no. You know, I, I'm so glad I, I clarified that because I'm like, you're far from tired, man. Like, uh -huh. <laughs> so, yeah. so you excited. And then what are you finishing up with? I think uh, most people come to me and say, Marcelo, just started your company and you have 100,000 clients, but it feels like day one. It still feels like day one. It, it still feels like we are just starting. There's so much to be done. And right now we are combining financial services with the ERP software and also entrepreneur education. And when we put those three pillars combined, we see, oh, oh my God, that there's so many things to be done. And it still feels like day one. That's why uh, I'm so energized and, and very, very excited. Okay, so what's the word you're signing off with then? Happy. I'm very I love happy. It. That was, that was awesome. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed this conversation with you. Uh, you gave us a huge insight into your world and how you help people and some remarkable stories. So thank you very much.
Thank you very much, Sonny.